0: minute penalty to chicago a game of misconduct and then manson having words with steven and now butcher gets into it we're gonna have a brawl folks stand by
1: hey what's going on everybody it's tyler cash here with fourth line goon chatting with my bud defenseman nate schmidt how you doing buddy
0: Good man. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. Hey, fourth line goon, you've got the scruff and everything. I mean, if you're gonna be the part, you might as well look the part, right?
1: <laughs> right, yeah. Well I got my hair tied up too. Yeah. I got the I got the 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 prison tats going, right? It's yeah, fit the fit the uh the mold just a little bit. But um appreciate you you coming on and talking with me. I know we've been chatting now for a few weeks about uh your company that you've got going, which we'll we'll get into as well. And I I know camp is just right around the corner, so I really appreciate you finding time uh, to sit down right before you get into that grind. Yeah, Um, yeah. So when does
0: that start up? Yeah, we're looking at Wednesday. Uh, We're looking at just a few days from here. uh, We're pretty much all systems go here now. I mean, at this time of year, all the guys, you you can start to see that type of uneasiness and edginess about, all right, let's just get going. I want to get body fat done. Everybody wants to get that out of the way. Like, uh, if you have any testing, like, gotta get that out of the way. And then you should see the Wednesday night meals for guys. It's gotta be through the roof. Like, I'm talking ice cream and like it's all the things you haven't eaten in a long time. All come out on Wednesday night right after a bad body fat test happens,
1: <laughs> you know that's funny. I was gonna say, like'cause you you mentioned before we we chatted on on this uh group chat that uh you you've been haven't played with the team with a team since you said
0: what was that April yeah, April yeah, it's been about five months that's we had our own little mini series against Calgary after year after the playoffs had started I don't know if anybody saw that i I'm guessing not a lot of people did, but yeah, it was. Uh, it was some of the more interesting hockey I've had in my career. We were playing those makeup games where both teams were out of the playoffs and all the other <laughs> playoff games were going on. So, yeah, it was uh, – let's just say I've, been, I've had better moments, I play, like, as a hockey player.
1: <laughs> it was more exciting than I expected, though, considering yeah. that team was really playing for anything. So,
0: Yeah, there was a lot of young guys playing, so I think that obviously helps a lot, too. Um, and I think guys were just excited, too, about – it was a long year, but I'm so excited that we're past where we were last year. I mean, not playing in front of fans is not fun. I didn't enjoy it one bit. I mean, even like you dig back to the bubble, it's just we're playing the playoffs, it just doesn't feel like a playoff game, you know and that's what makes it hard for players. I mean that, I mean for me, like I, I I love energy. I love good, you know, like a, that good feeling when you come in the rank and the ranks buzzing from people being aside, I I think it's so cool to have that type of energy. And when you don't have that and you rely on that and you get in, it's just like, Oh oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. We got a game. We got a game. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's it's not that,
1: not at all the same, especially coming from T-Mobile, you know, in the atmosphere in Vegas. And, and then, you know, then we have the whole pandemic and everyone has to go to a bubble to kind of finish off the year after that gap I did notice that the teams that were actually performing well were the ones that were juicing each other up, like getting real riled up on the bench and yelling a bunch, and you could kind of hear it. But I mean, nothing's going to compare to like a full 20,000 people watching. You know the you know the atmosphere is just unmatched. Um, yeah,
0: especially at T-Mobile, like you said. Like think about like I even think back to like that yeah, like first year. It was the first time I've ever felt the bench rumble like in between like TV timeouts when the music was playing, you're like, why is my butt shaking? (laughs) Why, why, what's going on here right now? And I don't know if they put like speakers or subwoofers underneath the bench, but yeah, nothing can replace that. That's for sure.
1: Well, let's, let's start from the very beginning. Uh, so obviously you played in the NHL with a handful of teams. Now the Washington Capitals, the Vegas Golden Knights, Canucks, the Winnipeg Jets now, uh, is where you're at right now in Winnipeg. um, but uh, an interesting part of your story is that you went undrafted. Uh, you, you signed with the Washington Capitals in 2013 after a few monstrous seasons at the University of Minnesota. In 2011, it looks like you put up 41 points in 43 games. 2012, you put up another 32 points in 40 games. You're a defenseman. I mean, these are impressive numbers even for a forward. Um but the question is, what was it like, uh, you know, going undrafted? I mean, were you expecting to be drafted? Were there teams that you thought were interested? Um, you know, I think it's it says a lot about your character that you've been grinding since day one. Tell us a little bit about the process with that.
0: Well, it's, it's been a ride, man. It's been uh, when you look at where it was from the very beginning. I thought I was getting drafted. I mean, I was, you know, <clears throat> you know, people. When you're going up and, you, you know, you, things are going well as a player, people are telling you, oh, man, you're, you're so this, you're that, and, you know, I think you're going to get drafted, and it's going to be great. And I, I just, you know, I wasn't really prepared for the low of not being drafted, and that's what happened, right? I went through my high school season. I thought I was going to get drafted. I got hurt, um, and I thought, yeah, oh, you know, it shouldn't matter that much. And then, sure enough, draft day comes and goes, and day one, day two, and all of a sudden nothing happens, and I was devastated. I thought man I'm never going to make it. Like no one if you're not drafted you're not going to make it. Um you start looking into how you know when I got to when I got to college, I got to the University of Minnesota, I my my first year I was like the only one or two of the under only undrafted guys, right? And so it was it was difficult. And then as I started kind of realizing it doesn't really matter. If, as long as I just go out there and do my thing, if I can play the way I want to play and be the kind of player that I think I can be, well then it's not going to matter. And and I, unfortunately for me, you know, I had a couple of good last two years there um, at school that it actually worked out on the flip side. It actually worked out a lot better where I was able to pick as an undrafted guy where I wanted to play. And George McPhee uh, was in Washington at the time. And, and uh, I'll never forget what I what he told me after my sophomore year. He's like, Hey, we want to sign you, but you should go back. You have a really good team your junior year. Eric Hall is there. Uh, Nick Bjugstad was there. Kyle Rau. I mean, we had a really good. Um, Brady Shea was gonna. You know, Brady Shea, Mike Riley. A lot of guys that play in the NHL now. We're all on this team. They're like, go back. You have a great. Uh, have an awesome time. And he was the only guy that told me that. Everyone else was, hey, you know, you gotta come. You gotta sign. Like, come on, let's get. You know, you gotta. You know, gotta. You gotta. You know, become a pro in order to keep going. Um, and sure enough, the next year came by, and I just I had a lot of respect for him for that, and. And, uh, you know, and that's that's where I wanted to be. And so it was really cool. It ended up coming full circle, but it sure as hell didn't feel that way at the very beginning when it didn't happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, did you ever ask McPhee why the hell you weren't drafted then if he was interested in you? Did that conversation ever come up?
0: No, that's fine. I've never asked him. I think, I mean, man, this was... Oh, four years after I would have been drafted or, you know, I think that's probably, I think I was a little bit of a late bloomer. I, I, I was really, I'm about the same size, same, like give or take 10 pounds maybe a half inch that I was when I was like 14. So I was about five ten 5'11 five, um, 180 pounds as like an eighth grader. And so I didn't really work on a lot of my game because I was just physically more mature than a lot of the guys. So, um, I just think that uh, it just took me a while to kind of find you know because the game has changed so much even from when I was playing in high school and where I am now even from when I got to pro, um, you know the first year I played was still touch icing, the clutching and grabbing, guys grabbing, you know hooking guys around on on icings and forwards, you know grabbing guys as they go by. So the game has changed quite a bit even since I've been a pro, um, and so <clears throat> games change. You got to adapt. You know I, I love. And I'm a big money ball guy. I love Billy Bean. I'm a big adapt-or-die guy. And so i got to find a way to adapt. <laughs>
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, after uh, four seasons with the Capitals, you were left exposed by the team in the 2017 NHL expansion draft. Obviously, a lot of people listening to this know you went on to play for the Vegas Golden Knights. So this is another situation, kind of what you were talking about early on, where there was a level of uncertainty. Um, you hear a lot of players these days don't really know where they're going to be the next day. When it came to this expansion draft, did you have a vibe? Did you have a gut instinct or even a heads-up that you might have possibly been taken? Obviously, you mentioned McPhee was involved. So, uh, yeah, what, did, did you have any idea?
0: Yeah. So I did at the very, very end. The, at, the, at the beginning, during most of the year, it was they're taking Groovy. Philip Grubauer, they're taking Philip Grubauer, they're taking Philip Grubauer. There was just, <clears throat> Dave Pryor was in Washington. Uh, the new Garubi, that was the guy, right? So a whole year, that's what everyone was talking about. I mean, and then I played in the playoffs late because Carl Alston, I got hurt, had a good playoff series. Um, John Carlson and I played together. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, there might be a chance. So oh, there might be a chance. And about a week before, it was every other day. It was like they're taking you. Nope, they're taking Ruby. My agent would call me. nope, they're taking you again. Nope, they're taking Ruby. I said, Don't call me until you know for sure. I don't I can't handle this. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, at about 10.30 in the morning, the day of the expansion draft is when I got the call saying that I was um, gonna be <clears throat> that, that was that was being unprotected and there was a good chance I was taking Brian McClana called me and just said, Hey, I think they're taking you just no I really appreciate everything. He's like, We tried to make a deal, but it just, it just, it's just not going to work. So, uh, I was coaching a hockey camp in the middle of a game and I got a call from George McPhee and I was like, I got to run off the bench, guys. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, George ended up telling me that day and, and then everything came out that night. So, I think I was one of the last guys for it to leak out on because I, they kind of had already a lot of the guys, you know, the trades with Florida and Minnesota. All those things were already started. Have already came out. With that trip with Florida with Garrison and Usad. All those things that started coming out down the pipe. Um, and so I actually think, uh, yeah, it was. You know, Philip and I, Grubauer and I, were talking back and forth. like one, one will know. The other one will know. So I called him as soon as I was over just to give him a heads up. I think it was the the pro thing to do. So were you, were
1: you yeah. excited? Or, I mean, was it? Were you anticipating this? Is this a move you wanted? Were you nervous?
0: Can we bottle all those into all the above? Yeah. (laughs) I was was like, man, I'm going like a perennial president's trophy winning team to an expansion team. It had nothing to do with – I was like, man, we have just got done winning 150 games over the last two years, you know. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be a little different. But I knew Eric Hollow was going already. Um, cause he had called me and let me know a couple days in advance. Cause that, yeah, that deal was done in advance.
1: Um, another uh, Minnesota
0: guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and I, Hall and I played together, um, at school. And so, yeah, it was, yeah, I was like, well, you know what though? We're going to Vegas. That's sweet. You know, like that, how you go, that's going to be really great. But you know, I wonder what our teams gonna be like. And when you looked at it, I like, our whole team was pretty much on one year contracts, I mean, pretty much everybody. Outside, uh, I think myself, like Shea Theodore, Tucky, but like Tucky and Jay weren't even on the team this of the year because we had too many guys, which is wild. I don't know if a lot of people remember that. Like those two guys weren't even on the team for the first two months of the year, which yeah. is crazy because I mean, obviously, see what those guys are like now. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so it was uh, it was a lot of emotions. But you know, once I got there, it, you know, once I got to Vegas, it just made it, it was just. You know, Barry Schrotz told me that you'll never have so much fun as you do that first year because you just kind of get to build it with everybody. And that's what we did that first year, which was really fun. And got to do a lot of, you know, things that you'll always be able to say, yeah, I was on the first ever team, which is pretty cool.
1: And that's actually a perfect leeway for my next question. I mean, <laughs> obviously a magical year. Um I didn't even live in Vegas at the time yet. I was still in St. Louis, Missouri, but I, like, jumped. I jumped the bandwagon right away. <laughs> I was, like, so into the hype. Um, I was at that actual the inaugural season home opener. I was there at T-Mobile for the expansion draft at the NHL Awards. Uh, yeah, yeah it, we got to, like, sit down. We were part of, like, the seat fillers. So we got to, like, sit on the ground, like, with the players, like, Gretzky nice. and – Crosby actually McDavid was like right in front of us and like at that point I mean he was hyped but like now I'm like thinking that's that's crazy you know like the last
0: player yeah for sure right
1: um and you know beautiful season man it was just absolutely a, a magical run and uh, it wouldn't feel right interviewing you without without bringing that up obviously um, where I have it's kind of a two part question for me what is your favorite memory of that first year and then the second part of that is what was, like, the turning point? When was, like, the moment when you were like, oh, shit, like, we are a contender. Like, this is fun and we're a good team.
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, – actually, I got with what I'm saying about it. Just being at that, uh, you know, the first ever game in the home opener. Um, I mean, playing the first two games were cool. Like, playing in Dallas and playing in Arizona, that was cool, right? You're, like, you're playing – but then, after everything that happened in Vegas, uh, everything that the community went through um, with October one, and to come back and listen to Ango, you know, Derek, do his speech, and come out and win a game uh, at home is is it, like it's it was incredible. I, I you couldn't have scripted it any better for what we needed at the time for as a team, as a community. So that was something that gives me, you know. Uh, you know, just gives me a lot of emotion thinking about it. um But I would say that uh probably like end of November, early December. I I remember Jonathan Marsh walking into the rig He's like, we had one, I think like three or four in a row, and yeah, I can't remember what we were doing. I think we were going to do something that night. He walks in, and goes, "Are we good? Like, are we good?" Like I, don't know. I remember everyone just like bursting out laughing. They're like, yeah, I mean, I think so. I don't know. Like, has anyone been paying attention to the standings or like anything? Or like, I don't know, not really. And uh, I just remember just kind of sitting there with Braden McNabb and and Lucas Beeson just be like, huh, yeah, I guess we are kind of good. I don't know. We'll get to that. And then uh, to conclude that uh, that question is when do we really know? I would say after um, like early January is when guys started looking around and be like, guys, we're actually like kind of doing this, so let's just continue. Let's keep doing it. You know, like, we're good. Like, let's keep being good. And that's how we rolled it the rest of the year. It was like, we're actually good now, you guys, so don't worry. That's what it is.
1: Yeah, but you, so, never let it, you never let it go to your head. It seemed like uh, the pressure didn't really feel on until that, you know, the Stanley Cup final, that, you know, yeah. that final round. Um and not to kind of – not to dull it down a little bit, but I feel like it wouldn't be right to ask you, losing to your team that you just came from, okay, yeah. while you're playing them, what is going through your head? What What is the emotion? Are you – is there like an, a level of aggression towards them because they're your previous team? Or were you still like kind of happy – to see these guys perform well and, and win. I mean, you had been playing with them for four seasons prior. I mean, I'm sure even today you probably still haven't wrapped your head around how you feel about that. Um, and which is fine, but I guess at the time and then having time to reflect, what is your thought process for that final series against the Washington Capitals?
0: Yeah. You know what? It was hard. It was a lot harder than I thought it would be. Um, you know, because you are in the middle of playing against the guys that you just came – you just got done playing with. And and it was – it was, oh, man. It's hard to kind of get your – that's, I think, when it really kind of got to us. Not got to us, but got us thinking, like, wow, we're actually here. Like, this is the final. We just had kind of put our head down and played, you know, hummed our way through a tough L.A. series, you know, grind our way out through a San Jose series, you know, Contrary to what people think, our Winnipeg series was actually, we got waxed the first game. And that kind of was when we were like, eh, ah, we may have just hit our, we may have just hit it here after we got waxed in the first game of Winnipeg. And then we won the next two games and we we're like, ah, I will just win two more and then we'll get going. And then all of a sudden it was like, whoa, media day, Stanley Cup. What's happening? But I think, you know, after all said and done, you know, it sucks that you, you couldn't win. And I, I was happy, you know, like Brayden Holtby. Like, a guy that I grew up with, like, in Washington, he's awesome, one of my best friends. Um, I was happy, you know, like, as we look back, you know, this last year I played with him and just being like, man, like, it was just – if I had to do it, I'm happy it was you. You know what I mean? I was happy that you were the guy. Um, it pisses me off, but I'm happy it was <laughs> you, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the way I – the best way to describe it. I mean, I still look back and it's, it's hard. Because it's gut-wrenching. But at the same time – you kind of just think about our team and our success that year and and uh, just kind of look at it from that point of view, not the other side. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, because obviously it's the most successful expansion story in the history of sports. That's something that I, I don't see anybody touching for a very long time unless the Kraken wind up coming out of left field again. <laughs> and then and then in which case we're like, whoa, holy shit.
0: And I'm not Let's just say this, our guy everyone knows like no one's taking this team lately after what had happened.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. I think everybody's watching what they're doing cuz they don't want to wind up being one of the quotes on the ice. Like yeah. uh, like you guys had everything. Welcome to impossible. You, you know, the, the story was just beautiful man. It was it was a fun uh a fun run uh that ended too short, but I mean, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about more current events. Um recently you were traded to the Winnipeg Jets from the Vancouver Canucks. Short run there. Um, I man, you know, before I even finish this question, did you ever play a game in Vancouver in front of fans? No. Wow. What? What? Uh, it, what it,
0: on the road. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: but never in. That's that's some weird thing that you're gonna look back on years from now and be like, yeah, I mean, I played for the Canucks, but like, the fans were. No, never
0: saw me play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah it's, yeah, it's that's wild. Um, but you know, up
0: to another part of the weird year, you know, it's just. A weird year for everybody, and i'm hoping that we're in, we're looking into put that you know in the rear view because not playing with fans thanks it's not fun
1: <laughs> no, and he, you know you you build off that atmosphere as we as we were talking about before, but you know as somebody that was you know stuck at home in quarantine and lives for hockey, breathes hockey. We really appreciate you guys doing that, you know, putting your lives on the line, your health on the line, and actually grinding it out, whether or not they're fans there or not. You had people at home cheering for you, which yeah. is, you know, so we really appreciate that. But, um, you know, you were traded to the Winnipeg Jets uh, from the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, obviously, you'll be re- uh, reunited with former teammate Paul Stasny, uh which is exci- exciting. But are there any other... Uh, Guys on that roster that you've chatted with that maybe you're looking forward to playing with, um you know let's talk a little bit about how excited you are for this team
0: yeah, you know what i we played against this team, right you know a couple of them when I was in vegas play against this team is you know outside of the defense court it's essentially a sandwich team, right um, you know you swap in uh, Dubois for passion line yeah, I think is a big change up front um but other than that, you know, I think it's – still the same goaltender. He's a great goaltender in and, um, and Hellebuck. And honestly, the most – looking back to that series, the most exciting thing about our series against Winnipeg when I was in Vegas was Flower and Hellebuck. Like how good those two guys were in that series. It was insane. And so now you get a chance to play with a guy that is, you know is a world-class goaltender. I think that's exciting. Um you know, a guy like Josh Morrissey is like you know he's been a, you know such a solid defender in our league for you know the last couple of years too. I, I'm, I'm excited about our decor. You know, I, we all kind of know what the, you know, the forwards in my opinion with the Jets. They have got a lot of speed, Kyle Connor, the Ehlers, um you know, Shively Wheeler. You know, you got guys that can wheel and deal and make plays. Uh, but I think the cool part is our D this year. has got a lot of um, a lot of flexibility within our group, right? You have a lot of guys moving here and there, and yeah, Ben and Dylan. Um, you know, to the to the full with me as well, uh, and I think it's it's something that you can add and having that flexibility with the group it really kind of brings a lot. And actually, that's what I'm most excited about. And then, you know, Logan Stanley. I don't. And the thing is, I don't know if a lot of people know. So you know, down you know in the in the states or because all the stuff in Canada last year it was just in Canada. You know, I didn't even see any games or states games last year up in Canada. It was just essentially just showing Canadian games, and. Big, tall, six, seven, D-man, like, he's huge, he's massive. I stand next to him, I was like, I sat next to him in my, in my <laughs> skull. his shin pads are this much bigger than mine, like, from my knee. Like, literally, I looked at him today, I was like, dude, yeah, he's an absolute massive human being. Like, it's kind of cool to have a guy of that stature on your team, too. It's kind of nice little, you know, thing to have him, you know, and so that's the only thing I'm most excited about for this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, as you were talking about this, I haven't even realized you've played with some amazing defensemen. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. And, oh, and yeah. You, you've held your own through all that, man, which, I mean, you should feel really good about that because, like, you were just listing off all these names. And I was like, holy shit, you have played with these guys. Like, yeah. especially even with Vancouver last year. I mean, considering, like, such a young, you know, um, Aspiring uh, group of dudes on D that like you hear their names constantly. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean that's exciting, man. I, I uh, as you mentioned, Winnipeg is—they've uh, been that team that's been slowly kind of evolving, but you know stayed a lot of the same. A lot of tall dudes, man. Like a yeah, big, big team. We're,
0: yeah, we a big have, team. We have a big team. It's it's fun. It's it's fun to play. Especially when you're, I'm not like a small guy, but I feel small in our room sometimes. The next actually Lowry and Stanley and these guys and Dubois, like I'm like. Dear God, like wheeler. I'm like, you guys are massive. You know, Dylan, too. Like, they're just big human beings. It's, it's, it's cool. It's, it's fun to be around. So,
1: yeah, uh, as we mentioned uh, previously earlier in this podcast, uh, recently you've unveiled your involvement with Shortside uh, shortside Co., uh, Hockey yeah. Tape, and Apparel. Um, tell us a little bit about that, man. I think it's really exciting when uh, athletes get involved with these companies and not just to make it's money. Not just to like you yeah. know make a pretty penny on the side, but also to, you know look for your future. And it, it, you've you've really marketed your uh, your brand as hockey players, like or, yeah, hockey players providing for players yeah. instead of, players by
0: players. Yeah, yeah, that's what
1: it, yeah that's what it was. And uh, so tell us a little bit about that. You mentioned you have this company with some old friends from Minnesota. Let's let's chat about it.
0: Yeah, you know what? It's it was really cool. So last year, my best friend, um, financial guy. Uh, he was coaching with, uh, you know, a Bantam team. And one of the guys with him was like, hey, you know, I started up this small tape company. It's always been my dream, Um, you know, trying to get something uh, that's really great into associations and have like a, you know, like a Tom's shoes type of, uh, you know, motto to it. Right. And, you know, and how we, you know, we get into associations and they can sell it and use it however they want, just get to use their profits to go back into their price time or they can donate it and whatnot. So it was a really cool motto of how we, they wanted to do it. Right. And, and be like that Costco type wholesaler to associations and to pro shops and things like that. And just be like a, just be really good at tape. Right. Just, Really good, and, and and having a really good product. And so my buddy started sending me something. Hey, do you mind trying it out? I said, Yeah, no problem. This is before I was even involved in. it So I said, Yeah, no problem. And so I would take it up for practice, and four or five batches into it, and you know, I was like, Oh man, like we're not uh, we're not too good right now. Like um, our, uh, it's just not really a great product yet. So you know, batch six and seven, we started to finally get something that we were liking, and, and then the last one we we got. Um, you know, Alex Edler and myself and and Bowie Horvat tried it a few times uh, and started using it with like Edler and I were using it for games. And I was like, "Dude, this stuff's pretty good. Like, I like it." And then it got to the last batch. I was like, "I really like it. I'll use this." And sure enough, nothing really came of that. And I just told him like Yeah, I'll keep trying if you want me to or if you need guys." And when I came home um, from the year, they asked me to come on board as this uh, as somebody like Hey, you just mind you know we you know connections here and there and help us with you know with the tape and if it Feels good because that's a big thing and right. It's it's just being able to to feel it right and having yeah yeah. yeah you right. just pulled it right out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Uh, I love it. You know what? I always like being able to feel it and whatnot. And I, I always thought to you know for myself, um, you know, feel is always a huge thing. Uh, you know, with taping and, and not having it, you know, fray off on the sides because that's a huge thing for me. I hate when that happens, and so. I've gone through 26 roles now and I haven't had a frill on the outside, which has been pretty awesome. Um, and I you know I just I love the other guys, the other guys that were in it. So we've been on board. I've been calling associations, high school coaches, and I'm like, hey, this is Nate Schmidt. And they're like, what are you doing calling me? <laughs> What's going on? What, what, what do you, do you want? Like, do you want to skate, like look at price time. I'm like, no, I'm trying to sell you some tape. And it's now nah, it's been really fun. And we got into uh I mean, man, like it's it's kind of blowing, it's blowing up a little bit, right? Like Ben our James Riesek, I took it out to Philly. Bogojin took it down to Tampa. I got it up here. Uh, I was trying to get well, and our start, our stocks were running right low like a couple of weeks ago because we were, i got a couple of universities and colleges up in Minnesota, plus a bunch of um, you know a couple uh, pro shops and such. It's been it's been fun. It's been a lot harder, you know. It just it, it you had to take a crash course and how to do things again. Like, that's what I went to school for, but still, I mean, I called my college professor in my sales trainer. I was like, I need a 30 minute crash course on everything you taught me for the last for six months of college. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it's been a lot of fun. It's cool. It's got a great logo. Uh, I don't even know if you can see the logo from there yet.
1: Oh yeah, know yeah, I, I love that. It's like the four the four rolls of tape, like yeah, I, four I,
0: rolls tape, eight, '88 short side, you know. And it just so happened that I'm '88 too. Like it couldn't have been a match. Better oh my god, I didn't,
1: I didn't even put that together. That's, I love that. So the
0: the two guys that started were both born in '88, and they were buddies from growing up. And then my buddy and I had jumped on board too. So it's uh, it's been really fun just to you bounce ideas off guys and this and that. And I mean. Thankfully, my fiance has been really great at helping us with some design stuff rally. Uh, but yeah, it's been really cool. We're, we're, we've got a lot of momentum right now. Um, I think I've sold like 20, 25 cases in the last two and a half weeks. I'm putting jazzed up, hoping to keep trending. Working on my sales pitch.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I love how enthusiastic about it and you are. And and that's kind of why you're probably seeing success. when I messaged the company, I saw something you posted on Instagram and I was like, Hey, like I let's get involved. Like, I love this cause I'm a hockey player as well. And you know, we run this hockey podcast, like what's up. And you're like, Hey, it's Schmitty. And I was like, I was like okay it's not normal uh for the face of the company to be answering the instagram but dude that's uh i'm from i 'm from, uh, St. louis missouri you're from minnesota that's the like that's the midwest grind dude that's what you have I feel like that's a thing and and that shows through product and it shows through company mottos and just work ethic and kind of goes into that whole grinding thing man and uh, yeah, I, I you know the company's great, man. We love to support it. You know, we're gonna try to support it any way we can,
0: dude. Awesome. Yeah, and here's the thing too. It's it's just been like you said, like we were talking before. yeah, I mean, making money. Yeah, I, don't, I think we've I think we've paid for our last order. Like, we're not really, you know, we're we're we're, we're trying to build ourselves right and getting. We got some new launches coming out here. Uh, a hat, you know, some you know a new hat that's gonna be sweet. I'm pretty excited about it. How, But, like, we get to go to these, you know, these shops and look at the, you know, apparel stuff and get to touch it and feel it and design it from the ground up. It's so cool to be a part of this stuff. It's hard. It's a lot of work. But it's really fun to just – I mean, as you've gone through this podcast, it's – you grind, but it's a lot of fun to do it and see where it gets to. And when you send out a T-shirt or a sweatshirt or a stack of tape, you're like, man, like – that's awesome like that's that's one of you know hopefully one of more you know many many more and you know when I make a sale we, we put it in our or if or someone makes a sale it doesn't matter who it is in our group we put it in our group chat and everyone's all jazzed up there's fireworks going so you know there's some uh, maybe some explicit things said but other than that <laughs> it's uh it's it gets the guys fired up so it's been a lot of fun uh it's,
1: it's like selling dude it's like selling a goal but like you you're creating you're creating something you know like yeah I, I grew up a musician my whole life and and so I've always been a creator and then I, I kind of stepped away from it for a little bit and, and did the regular life grind but then we we really had to keep doing the podcast because it feels good it feels good to to chat about things you love and to, and to watch it grow and watch it do awesome awesome shit and um, I think that's what a lot of big companies lack Like his character and just uh, a true, genuine passion. It's like no matter how big uh, that company will get, you'll still have that initial Midwest grinder, big heart vibe. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's just what I'm thinking.
0: We drive. We drive. I mean, obviously, it'd be a little bit harder um, if we would get stuff in Vegas, uh, where people would be excited about it. But we've been driving tape to people. Like we get in the car and like hammer like if a college advisor, or a high school or something like we're there like I'm sitting there like I'm sitting there dropping tape off like I <laughs> you see when you walk in the door. <laughs> you know, we're sling, We call it slinging tape, we're slinging yeah. tape today. So um, and it's fun,
1: right? It's fun. It, yeah. it doesn't seem like a job.
0: No, it's. I mean, man, we just had a lot of fun just being. Around, you know, it's it's great tape. Um, you know, I, I like to put it up there against any of the other you know any other tapes out there because um, guys are liking it, and people always want to feel like they know who's, who it is, like you have a chance to say, hey, I know that guy we've met before. You know, Schmidty sold me some tape. Yeah, 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 you know, like, whatever, yeah, however it goes. I mean, the hockey community is so small that that uh, you really can intertwine and intermix with people, and, and someone will always know somebody. That's what I love about the hockey community is that, you know, you and I could chat today and, you know, have five other connections between hunting and the hockey world, you know, just from guys we've played with or grown up with, to you know anything, so that and that's what makes it fun to be a part of the hockey world. You know, just outside of the game as well.
1: And we'll be sure to to share all the the social medias, the websites on how you guys can get your hands on this tape. Uh, I, yep, there it is. There it is. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you can either uh, hit up Shortside uh, Co on Instagram. We'll we'll include all that all that uh, with this episode. We're we're very much excited to be involved with that. Yeah. uh so, yeah, uh, when we, before we wrap up this interview, I, thank you so much for coming on this, man. It's, it's just been a blast. Once again, it's just rad talking hockey, shooting the shit. Yeah. It's, uh, right. but, so I, I end these episodes with, like, I call them, like, fun questions, like, short okay. little quick guys. It may not be completely involved with hockey, but, the element, okay, you know, the vibe is there, right? All right, uh, yeah, all right, what do you got? Uh, so I'm, I'm curious to know your answer to this because – Every guest so far has given the exact same answer. I, I, should, I should have told you that because I feel like now you're going to be thinking a little bit too hard. But what is the greatest hockey movie of all time? Miracle. Okay. that, is, that You were the first person to not have the answer of Slapshot.
0: <laughs>
1: shot was the go-to, and I've always combated it with Miracle. Fucking phenomenal movie. I love
0: it. <laughs> I mean- you know what's funny? Actually, <clears throat> Nick Holden's wife and wa- loves the movie. I'm like, you're Canadian. She goes, yeah, I just pretended the U.S. is Canada. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I was, awesome. I was, like, I was like, that is the answer of the day. That's awesome. I love it. I'm like, hey, whatever you're going to do. I mean, it's, it's an unbelievable flick. I'm a huge fan.
1: Yeah, it gives you all <laughs> kinds of it, – it gives you goosebumps. Yeah, it gives you I mean, all
0: types of feels. All types of feels.
1: Okay, so um, – you said you were from, uh, from Minnesota. Is that where, is it you born and raised Minnesota? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so favorite hockey team and or player growing up, like what was like, who was the player? Who was the team that like got you
0: into hockey? It's there's two of them. It's, it's Nicholas Litzstrom is my all time favorite. I'm a, I was a red, but we didn't have any, we didn't have any uh, team growing up. The North stars left.
1: Okay, so there's Um, that gap between the Minnesota Wild and the North Stars.
0: And so I was, I mean, I didn't, I mean, I watched a little bit of pro hockey. I watched a bit more college, but I was a huge Nicholas Lindstrom fan. I loved him. I thought he – I mean, I still think he's the greatest defenseman ever played. But uh, I'm a huge him and Sergey Fedorov. You know, like I've heard the just the Red Wings guys, but Nick Lidstrom is my guy. think it's, I got you know, I you know what? Someone actually got me a a Lidstrom puck from someone in Vegas. Got me a Lidstrom signed puck. And I honestly I care I, it comes with me everywhere. I was like, this is the coolest president of all
1: time. <laughs> that's I mean they were an unbelievable,
0: yeah, unbelievable the team. Yeah. That's a dynasty. Yeah.
1: The definition of for sure. Uh, all right, so all time favorite food. And and I kind of associate this with what's the favorite like what your favorite restaurant? Like where is something like when you're in that town, whether it be minnesota or if you're up in canada or if you're in vegas again like what what is like the the, the place you gotta eat like what what's your favorite restaurant oh. one of them one of them at least
0: oh, so it, it's hard for me to say because like, of my last meal versus what like i love steak I, okay? but i think that i i try so many different things it's like i love making my own so it was like do i pick a steakhouse I don't eat a lot of pastas and carbs, but if I was going to pick something like a last meal, it would be a thousand percent an Italian meal. You know, chicken (laughs) parms and a little bit of steak and, uh, you know, pasta the whole nine yards, that kind of hearty, homey meal. Um, That's hard because I, honestly, it depends on the city I'm in. Go to Vancouver, always eat sushi. You know, like it's every time. Uh, You know, I go to, in New York City, there's a great uh, Cuban restaurant that I really like. I mean, but New York's kind of got a little bit of everything, so it's hard to say one or the other. Nashville, I'm always going to get ribs, you know what I mean? So it's, and wherever I am, you know, it's like, or like Dallas smoke something, you know, something that's been out of barbecue or, you know, whatever, something like that. So it's, it kind of depends for me. I, I, I have actually, I have a list on my phone. Brooks Orpick told me to do this it was like NHL places cities and where to go and so like I would all scroll through it and be like oh that's right this is that place in Edmonton this is that place in in uh, Arizona that we really liked and so uh, that's been a huge help so I usually go back to that thing quite a bit
1: <laughs> so you, you mentioned you love steak. What's the best steak you've had in Vegas? Can you, can, can you cue me in on that? And maybe and oh. it doesn't necessarily have to be like the fanciest, but like what's yeah. a spot that you remember and you're like, wow, like this is, uh, this is it for me. This is a great steak that I can just get on the reg.
0: And so my favorite place to eat in Vegas is Piero's. And they yeah. have a great yeah. – so that's, that's a little bit of Italian that I really like. And it also has got a really good steak as well. Um, their veal palm is ridiculous So that's the reason why it's hard for me not to get that I usually have my gal get that And always eat some of it <laughs> <laughs> um, But uh, yeah I mean Ah man See again I like to cook my own steaks So like I don't like go out to a steakhouse As, a steakhouse as much I'd rather go out to sushi Go out to Italian Go out to okay. Greek or something like that so, like, what's, I would-
1: so what's the key ingredient To your steak then What's something that has to be on it
0: Yeah, you have to make sure that you uh, like marinate or season it long and have it room temperature long before you're going to cook it. That's the biggest thing that I've found. I mean, during quarantine, not to go on a steak, but McNabb and Rebo, because I spent, there's just four of us. We just kind of spent in our own little bubble during when we couldn't get into the rink last year and or two years ago, I guess it is now. Yeah, flies, um, man. <laughs> yeah. It was it was myself, White Club, Evo, and Navar, and just kind of our group. That was it. Like, we worked out together, trained together, hung out together. We didn't see anybody else because we couldn't. Because um, those are all the guys that are kind of living in the same area. And those two started uh, smoking briskets back and forth at each other, and they were just saying it's the biggest thing was marinating, brining, and things like that. So that's the thing I'd say is not picking it up an hour before you eat it is trying to. Get in the day before, salt it, you know, let it sit for a while. It really helps all that. And letting it rest is the biggest thing.
1: Letting well, it rest I, after it's been on the grill. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a hard. hard one. One.
0: That's <laughs> a very hard. I mean, I always, I always trim off a couple pieces on the side just so I can eat quickly. The main, the the grand, pr- the main one I let sit for a while.
1: Cool. Um, all right, so let's talk music real quick. Uh, all time favorite band favorite artist I feel like I talked about this a little bit with Jansen uh, about how hockey players seem to they they tend to like put music on the back burner I don't want to say back burner but I feel like it's a common answer to be like oh what's ever on whatever's on but then you got the one guy in the locker room that's like yo I'm the DJ but I I want to find the middle area like what 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 is some music that you're into what are some artists and bands What, what do you listen to like when you're getting ready or when you're just chilling whatever you're
0: doing Okay, so all these are. It's interesting because I'm very uh, time or place sensitive. When I cook, I listen to reggae. I don't know why. I did it when I was in Hershey and I was playing the minors. And I think my roommate put it on one day. And I forever have ever always cooked to reggae. I don't know what it is. It just makes me feel happy when I'm cooking to reggae. Um, I, had a, I mean, it's hard for me to say like one thing. My, I love classic rock, it's easy to put on anytime. Country is okay. Like, I like it. Like, I went to Sam Hunt this year at a concert. I didn't really know any of the stuff, at least until I got there. and I it, But I had a great time. I can pretty much like any music, you know, but if I had to really nail it down, oh, man, that's tough.
1: Yeah, all-time favorite. Okay, all-time favorite song, band. Like, there's got to be something. I like, love Zach on.
0: Brown Band, though. That's the thing. Okay. I, I, I'm a huge Zach Brown Band guy. Like, you know, you can always listen to it, always be in a good mood. You know, he's great. I, I really like, because uh, I kind of run at high steam usually a lot, and so it kind of calms me down a little bit. That Latin music, I, which I really liked, like salsa music. I don't know if that was like, I, I always liked it when I was a, I had a foreign exchange. A buddy of mine when I was in high school, loved it, got me into salsa. He was from Columbia. And going to Vegas made it so much easier too, because it's always on the radio too. <laughs> So it made it easy for me to listen to it. I like that stuff. I, I don't know. I like the good melody and beat the tang, the twangs and things like
1: that. Something more upbeat. Right. Yeah. It, it sounds like that's kinda of like the general theme here. Is it just yeah, yeah, yeah. Put, put you in a good mood? <laughs> I, I I'm very impressionable too. Like I like to put on something that's that's gonna put me in a good mood while I'm while yeah. I'm cooking or while I'm you know, barbecuing yeah. and prepping all that food. Yeah. Um so, yeah, man, I, I, I appreciate you coming on, chatting hockey with me. It's just been awesome, dude. Um, everyone be sure to check out Short Side Company. Uh, you heard it from the man himself. He it, uh, he can, if he can deliver it to you, he will. <laughs> yeah, I can, I will. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh You know, we I wish you the best of luck on the new team, man, in the upcoming season. It, we're all really stoked that life is getting somewhat back to normal. Fans are going to be in the stands. People will actually see you play in Winnipeg.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, mom and dad, I mean, my family's excited, right? Like, we're well, close to home now. It's easy to drive up. So, like, Winnipeg's going to see a lot of the Schmidt clan, you know, in the next couple of weeks. Awesome. So yeah, and,
1: and we talked a little bit about that, uh, you know, the atmosphere being a big thing. I, I feel like if there was a team that could resemble the the atmosphere that T-Mobile has in Vegas, it would be Winnipeg. With the whiteouts and just they the fans. Well so i'm very good job i'm very excited for you man i'm excited to watch this upcoming season i appreciate you coming on man absolutely thank you
0: thanks i appreciate it thanks for having me on and uh hey to the goon life
1: (laughs) (laughs) cheers take care bud
0: thank you